Jalen Hurts is going to play for the Eagles or not on Saturday. Chase Kitty, the host of the Lions Edge podcast from BetMGM, joins us. And we've seen a lot of line movement there, man. It's gone from obviously, what, like one, one and a half, give or take, to the Jalen Hurts news first comes out. Then the Eagles are six and a half point dogs. Then there's a, well, maybe there's a chance he plays. That drops down to about four and a half. Uh, when you look at this game right now, when I look at it, for one, I go, you know what? Gardner Minshew in a spot start? He could be pretty damn good. He had a 104 QB rating last year, four touchdowns and two starts. I still think the Eagles have a chance. I got him at six and a half. So I think they have a chance even if Gardner Minshew's out there on Saturday. I agree. There's a lot of elements to this. Uh, I think, first of all, reading both the point spread market and the big dramatic changes in the MVP market, I feel like Hertz isn't going to play this week. I, I know that Sirianni came out and said today, you know, well, his body's different. He heals different than the rest of us. I feel like that's gamesmanship. I feel like that's making Dallas prepare for all possible situations. I, I, I and I could be wrong, right? We could all be wrong about all of this. It's a long week. The game is still several days away. But I feel like, at least from the sports books perspective, when you move Jalen Hurts from an odds-on favorite position down to plus 550 on news of a sprained shoulder where the worst-case scenario is maybe he misses two weeks in games that largely don't matter all that much for the Eagles' overall position, that, to me, says you are at best distrustful that he's going to play this weekend. So that's kind of the, the, what I'm operating under in terms of handicapping the game. And that circles us back around to your point, Nick, about Gardner Minshew and what he can do in this offense. We know that the Eagles offense is loaded with weapons. I mean, go back to the talking points of, of last week when, when this cracked the news cycle, is it Jalen hurts or is it the team? <laughs> I'll let everybody take their own side on that, that debate, but certainly there are a lot of weapons on this team and you can slide a proven backup guy like Minshew in there and let him cook with, you know, AJ Brown and all of the different guys on this offense. And I think they can still be competitive against, the Dallas defense that, as Ryan pointed out earlier, that injury report is not getting better anytime soon. Yeah, that secondary is beat up right now. Chase, obviously a popular pick probably this weekend is going to be the Detroit Lions who are playing great football, have a real shot to get into the playoffs. Went from three to two and a half on the road at Carolina. Uh, first off, where do you think that number closes? Do you think we get back to three? And then what do you like in that game? Carolina really tough defensively. I know they don't do much offensively for you with Sam Darnold and the Lions are cooking right now, but they seem like the right side the Panthers do here. I definitely think it gets back to three. I would not be surprised if it closes on the other side of three, maybe like three and a half. I don't know how much farther it would go than that. Uh, I, I know that there are two and a halfs on the board with Detroit right now. I would think about picking it up, even if you already have a position. I know Peach said earlier he's got Carolina plus three. I think it'd be re really interesting to buy back on Detroit plus two, uh, minus two and a half and, and already have it armed like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe you get lucky with, uh, with how the number falls. I, I feel like, Detroit has to stop winning at some point, right? Like there is a point where you want to jump off the train. I've talked about this every week, but I don't know if Carolina is the matchup. I, I mean, Detroit scores points against almost everybody and Carolina is playing better defense and they play ball control and they run the ball really aggressively with multiple running backs. And so maybe they find some success against Detroit doing those things, using the formula they've had over the back half of this season. But Detroit scores against everybody, and if this is a track meet, if this is a game where you have to outscore Detroit, I don't know that Carolina's offensively positioned to really do that. And so then you're talking about how is Jared Goff going to play in an outdoors game? That's one of those knocks mm -hmm. on him. Like If you can get Detroit in an outdoor game in December, it's good to go against Jared Goff and the Lions. Okay, maybe. 
But everything we've seen over the last seven, eight weeks says the Lions offense is absolutely cooking. They are the, the Lions offense and decision making process is what people think Brandon Staley is. <laughs> it's what actually is happening in Detroit. It's they're just so aggressive on offense. They always have the right play call, it seems like. And I worry about getting involved with Carolina when that's the game that they have to line up and win this week because I don't think it's one they're really well positioned for. Chase, a game that we haven't talked about yet really so far tonight is the Saints-Browns. Uh, the total is 32. I was looking at the Cleveland weather report. Uh, you're going to get wind chills to negative 7, uh, 21 mile an hour winds gusting to 30 miles per hour. And you look at this, the total's 32. Cleveland at the crib, minus 2.5, below the key number, minus 145 on the money line. What is your thought process on this one? Because it feels like, all right, Cleveland can just run the ball. Deshaun Watson's starting to find his groove. Yeah, Saints have a pretty good defense, but they've been falling apart in second halves. Well, I have absolutely no interest in the side. I can tell you that much, Trista. The The total is really what I want to pay attention to. I love to bet unders on weird totals like this. My theory across multiple sports, college basketball, NBA, NFL, college football, is when you have a total that's noticeably low, it implies its own right side. Because historically, you know, most bettors don't like getting involved on an under on a number that's really low. So I'm fascinated by the under here. Now, the line movement, how much it's already come down makes me a little nervous. But if it drops, this is a cool stat I found, if it drops just one half of one point more, if it gets down to 31 and a half and that's where it closes, it'll be the lowest under in the, or, uh, I'm sorry, the lowest total for an NFL game since 2008. Jeez. That was a Bengals-Browns game. And the final score of that game was 14 to zero. That kind of goes back to what I was talking about with totals this low imply their own side. Uh, I I like the under here. The only thing I worry about is how much value you've already lost. I think the look ahead was like 38, but I mean, it's, it's under a pass for me in all aspects of this game because a lot of the rest of it just doesn't interest me. Talking to Chase Kitty on BetMGM tonight. Uh, the Texans are an intriguing team to me, man, because they're terrible. I, they're they're a bad, bad team. But we've watched them the last two weeks with massive numbers, and we've certainly talked about it with you. And they've come through and made it close games against the Chiefs, you know, uh, against the Cowboys. They're now five point dogs. That line's moved slightly again from five and a half to five. They were originally eight and a half point dogs at Tennessee. The Titans have lost four straight. They failed to cover in their last three. I. I kind of like the Texans in this game, not only to cover, but maybe win outright. Only because, like, I get it. It doesn't make sense on the field, given the two teams. But the Titans haven't been playing good football. I know they're getting more healthy. The Texans just exceed the talent that they have on the field week after week. And you feel like at some point they're going to break through. And this just feels like a weekend for me. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. Uh, Tennessee and Seattle are, in, it feels like, in total free fall right now. Um, C- Tennessee, at least, has a has a path to win its division and still make the playoffs that way. Seattle, it feels like they got to figure something else out in the next couple weeks or, or they're going to be done really fast. Uh, I, the Houston-Tennessee thing, my thought process is, you know, when you look at the last two games Houston's played, they are a massive underdog to, the, to Dallas. They close it plus 17. They're almost as big an underdog to Kansas City. They close it plus 14. They're in those games all the way to the end. They probably should have won at least one of them, if not both. I think this is a different situation. It's a divisional game. So, you know, Tennessee, like they play them twice every year. Uh, this is the game Tennessee probably looks at and says, finally a game we can win like let's go out there 
beat up though we might be and, and try to, you know, get this thing right and, and still put this division away. So I worry a little bit about how trendy Houston appears to be. I, I think I've seen that a, there's a majority of tickets actually on Houston. Mm-hmm. I hate public underdogs. It's one of my foundational beliefs as a, as a handicapper. Uh, I, you've already lost a lot of value. I would love it if you got it at the eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that would be awesome. But now that you're getting like closer to four, it feels like this is a like ultimate buy low spot for Tennessee. I don't think I personally want to get involved, but that would be my handicap of Houston maybe a little too trendy. Is this where you know the Houston stuff falls apart and, and you know the better team is still probably Tennessee and they cover a reasonable number around four or five? But the two quarterback stuff that Houston is doing is working, man. So I, I don't I don't think that's a crazy handicap at all. Uh, Chase, what's your favorite bowl game bet? I know we got a big one tomorrow, South Alabama, Western Kentucky. Throw us a couple that you really like. Right now, I really like the Gasparilla Bowl. I think it's Friday. This is Wake Forest, Missouri. All you have to do to know why I like this bowl is go find the injury opt-out transfer portal list for Missouri. They are missing, last I saw, 18 defensive players. I mean, it's it's like a crazy, crazy number that they're missing, and that's pretty difficult when you got to go against Sam Hartman. Wake Forest is a one-point favorite in this. I see that as uh, people looking at this game and, hey, it's a second-level ACC team, and, hey, it's a third-level SEC team, so whatever, it'll be close. I, I think in terms of the personnel that's on the field, this game is handy, is is priced incorrectly. Like Wake Forest should be a bigger favorite. They have a pretty good offense and a very good quarterback going against a defense that's completely depleted. There's a bunch of guys on the field that really didn't play, you know, starring roles for most of the year. So I think Wake Forest has a huge advantage in this game, and I I think we'll start to see some pretty dramatic line movement as we get later in the week. I thought Sam Hartman was not playing in this game. Last I saw, he was still going to play. I think one of his receivers is not playing, but last I saw, he's playing. Hartman's going back and forth. They're trying to, they were talking about this today where uh, teams are trying to steal him away in the transfer portal. Yeah. I saw like no shot. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah, I'm sure. That's that's interesting. That's really interesting. I want to go back. You know who did get his backup in the uh, transfer portal, Ryan? Who? James Madison. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, really quick, uh, Chase. We got like literally only 30 seconds. Uh, Grayson yeah. McCall leaving, uh, hitting the transfer portal. How big of a deal is Grayson McCall? Because I'm a huge fan and I keep hearing people like talk about him like he's not a pro prospect. Dude, he's so good. I, I, I couldn't speak to his his pro capabilities because that's that's frankly like that's not my skill set. I'm, I'm sure there are other people that could do that better. But as a college quarterback, I mean, Coastal Carolina sh- should have struggled to be bowl eligible this year, and he pulled them out of the fire so many times. He's really, really good. And if a program gets him that's like plug and play, we've already got all the, the other pieces here, uh, I mean, they could be really good next year. Yeah, I agree. He's Chase Kitty, host of the Lion's Edge podcast.